0: Thank you, thank you. Thank you. While you're still standing, I think the loudest clap should be reserved for our Lord Jesus Christ. That's just how a go. You may be seated. Yes. I thank Rob uh, in... um, in the business world, we have a thing called marketing, and marketing is split up into advertising and promotion. So if we stood up here and talked about the products that's advertising, and since Rob spoke, about it, Rob spoke about it, that's promotion. So thank you very much. Yeah. And since we're all clapping for our Lord Jesus Christ, you know that he's always present when we gather in his name. And it reminded me of the fellow just up the road from you, Pastor Rob, you said where you stayed. Um, he was asleep at night and a burglar broke into his house and was shining a torch looking for the CDs and the DVDs and he heard a voice saying, Jesus is watching you. So he got a bit of a fright, he thought he'd better give this up. And he shined a torch in the corner and there was a parrot in the corner. So he said to the parrot, did you say that? And the parrot says, yes. So he said to the parrot, what's your name? The parrot says, my name's Moses. He says, what kind of stupid people would call their parrot Moses? And the parrot says, the same people that call their Rottweiler Jesus. (laughs) Just quickly before I leave the stage. I want to thank all of you that have attended all the sessions. I want to honor Pastor Robin Becker and uh, Mark and Pam and everybody else that were instrumental in getting us over here. It really is an honor to stand in front of people. We do it 46, 47 Sundays a year. And I just thank God that we can bring these truths from the throne of grace to you. And just quickly for all of you wondering about the accent, Caroline was born in Harare, Zimbabwe. I was born in Nairobi, Kenya. And we live in uh, America, and as I said to my friend in the corner there, we're African-Americans. So if you got that now. Thank you.
1: Thanks. (laughs) And while while we're clapping, I just want to honor your pastors, Rob and Becker. They are amazing. We love you. We feel like we're old friends already, and we hope to come back. We so enjoyed being here, you're amazing, and just such great leaders, and the fact that you're growing so much, such a testimony to the fact that you are such incredibly inspiring leaders, so thank you for the honour, being here, so, okay, are you ready for this last session? You've had it easy up till now, okay, so now we're really going to do some work, faster talking, more information, okay, but you can do this, so remember that you've got fast ears. Okay, you can listen fast. Okay, so I'm just going to launch straight in. You need to watch the other three three services online to catch up, but you will still know what I'm talking about in the service because I'm going to, obviously each one is also like a little bit of a standalone. What I'm going to really focus on now is I'm going to use two stories from the Bible to and Bring home these concepts of how to detox your brain. I'm going to briefly refer to the woman of the issue of blood And I'm going to be talking about the sower and the seed and I'm going to be winding this into brain science Because brain science and scriptures are all intermingled. It's the same author Okay, right. So first, amen So first thing is I want to read just a little quote from one of my favorite authors C.S. Lewis And he said, there we go. He said, I pray because I can't help myself I pray because I am helpless I pray because the need flows out of me all the time. Waking and sleeping, it does not change. It does not change God, it changes me. If you want to change, you have to learn to live a lifestyle of prayer. And prayer is constant communication with God. Everything that I teach, renewing of the mind, neuroplasticity, brain, detoxing your thought life, perfectly you, all the quantum physics, all of that is to show you that you need to do this. How to do this? So, I'm trying to give you scientific, tangible, practical stuff that I've done in my clinical practice for over 25 years. I don't practice anymore, I don't have time because I do what I do this traveling around the world. But all the things that I have done and researched and scientifically proven that have been inspired from God are all in my material, so and in my TV show, etc. etc. So, you can't pick up everything from what I'm teaching you, there's just too much. I really am touching the tip of the iceberg, but I really encourage you to become a real deep listener. Really take to heart how I close off this series today and really dive into the materials, dive into these concepts, because I have to tell you this, but most of you here, in fact, about 99% of you here haven't changed much in the last five years. According to research, our intentions to change are 100% there. But carrying through and having the perseverance to really change, according to the research, we don't change sufficiently. We slip back into old patterns. So we change a bit and then we slip back into old patterns. So this church needs to change that statistic. The body of Christ needs to change that statistic because we should be going from glory to glory to glory. We should be seeking after perfection as he is perfect and we are wired for love and we're made in perfection and we wind in all this stuff with our wrong decisions and we, we literally cover the core of who we are with all these wrong decisions which are real things that become real thoughts inside of our head which we've been learning. So we need to, if we've wired it in, we need to wire it out and that change takes a decision of your mind to completely change the way that you function. So I want to show you something interesting, I want to show you the definition of mental health as per the World Health Organization. Okay, so mental health is defined as a state of well-being in which every individual realizes his or her potential, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Totally logical. Totally what God would say. Totally in your perfectly you, the side of the stage, the love zone. You agree? Okay. Totally normal. But as I mentioned over the weekend, mental health is in the worst state that it has ever been since the history of recorded mankind talking about mental health. So with all the advances in neuroscience and medicine and research, etc., etc., we've advanced in terms of understanding how to heal medical diseases like cardiovascular issues and, and AIDS and um, diabetes and all these things. But when it comes to mental health, we've actually gone backwards. And they predict that it may be years and years and hundreds and hundreds of years before we actually have a solution. And one of the reasons is because many years ago, philosophy of how we function as human beings was shaped by spirituality, and by philosophy now psychiatry is shaping how we view mankind and psychiatry is not a very very solid science when it comes to labeling not the medical side of it but the mental side of it where people are labeled and locked in so what we have happening is if you look in the scriptures 3 john 2 is mental health beloved i wish above all well is a description of mental health beloved i wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health even as your soul Prospers. We have a key to mental health in the scripture. The key is that if your mind is not prospering, everything else in your life is going to be a mess. So with your love power and your sound mind, you have to detox your thought life. You have to get out of this zone and you have to start living in this zone. Otherwise, you will be living in a state of mental ill health. And mental ill health leads to physical ill health. So we are Fortunately, we can rewire our brain. Fortunately, our mind changes our brain. Fortunately, when we confess our sin, he forgives us and we can actually get rid of those toxic thoughts and we can bring healing back into our body. Fortunately, we can change and it's actually easier to change positively than it is to stay in the negative zone. It takes a lot of work to stay in a learned toxic response because this is an abnormal response. But, and it's much easier, and more, and it's totally natural to stay in this, in this zone over here. So let's have a look at the next, next slide to help you here. Just a few facts that will shock you. I mean, I, I do mental health conferences that are between five and eight hours long, so I'm just highlighting a few things for you. I do have a TV series coming up very soon where there's my se- season two, which is on mental health, and there'll be 13 episodes, and I t- strongly recommend that you watch those shows. And when they, if, you don't, if you miss them, they're always on our website. Season one is available already, so a lot of what I've taught you in these four sessions is in season one. There's 13 episodes there as well, just so that you can go catch up on some of the concepts. Okay, so there's a 30, there has been a 35-fold increase in mental illness in children. This, our children are the first in human history to grow up under the shadow of mental illness. Dramatic. There's a dramatic increase in the number of mentally ill since the 50s. Dramatic. Things are worse, not better. And as I said, mental ill health is in a worse place than it's ever been. The gold standard of mental health treatment is to say that it's a disease. This is the biomedical model where we are seen as, as basically biological automatons. In other words, a robot. And that you have a defunct part and that it's not your fault and therefore you have an illness. And they try to equate mental ill health to something like diabetes. Meanwhile, there is no test. There's no blood test. There's no test at all to determine if you have too much or too little serotonin, or if you have whatever mental ill health. Whereas for for diabetes, they can actually test if you don't have enough insulin, and they can give you insulin, and it replaces the insulin. But the medications that are the gold standard of treatment, once they have labelled you and said you have an illness, there is that is not missing in your brain. It's not missing in your brain. The mental health. The the psychotropic drugs are actually designed, um, they weren't even designed for mental ill health. They were uh, designed basically to work around anesthesia in surgery and that kind of thing. There's a whole history behind psychotropic drugs that we as a public are not exposed to. So this is one of the things I don't have time to go into that now. As I said, it takes five to eight hours. But what I'm throwing out there is that the gold standard of treatment that the world tells us is not the gold standard of treatment that God tells us. A medication actually creates new neurological disorders in the brain. It doesn't fix it. So it numbs for a period, but it doesn't restore. God is a God of restoration. He doesn't want us to suppress and push down issues because we know from, med- from brain science research that if you squash toxic thoughts, it's going to create more mental ill health and more physical ill health. We need to bring them up as the Holy Spirit leads us and deal with them. Okay, And that's what I've been trying to teach you this weekend. So medication... Is not a safe thing to do. It doesn't mean you go and just throw your medication away you, because your brain would have wired in and, and adjusted to whatever you put into your body, your brain is going to wire in. So it's a withdrawal takes a process. You need to get with a doctor. You need to deal with diet. You need to deal with exercise. But most importantly of all, you need to sort out your mind. Okay, so mental ill health, amen, is not an illness that you can't control. It is a disorder that you can control. Okay, and we know this from the research. We know that 50 years ago, for example, the last example around this area is that people that were labelled with schizophrenia around about 50 years ago, they would have one or two or three or maybe five or six incidents maximum within a two-year period, were not given medications, we got over it and lived their lives. Now if people are diagnosed with the label of schizophrenia, they are given psychotropic and antipsychotic drugs which cause new brain damage, which cause cognitive decline, which land up making them a lifelong patient. Because they're getting worse, not better. Okay, Even someone who's been on psychotropic drugs, your drugs, your brain can heal. Your brain wired in to adjust to the drugs. Damage did occur, but when you go off them, your brain re-heals. God is so gracious. Grace and science meet in, the, in humans. God has given us every tool in the book. So when our mind is right, we actually heal our brain. that's very powerful and that's what i've been trying to teach you this weekend okay so what we have to do is just watch out how we are using our minds so this is what i call the disorder model and i want to show you how we can descend into disorder and then i'm going to link it back to the two stories from the bible and show you what incredible control that you have and how to detox your brain anyone up for this okay ready to work with me okay while you listen to me now I just felt a prompting from the Holy Spirit to say, don't be frightened by what I've just said. Don't be fearful. Don't be caught up in the world. Don't think that I'm just throwing things out there to confuse you. And don't feel any guilt if you are on a medication because you did what the doctor told you. And God's not going to punish you for something that you didn't know. So what is what this is? What I am doing is sowing a seed out there to encourage you. Go and do your research. There's tons of research. I have tons of materials to help you to understand that you actually control your brain, and you're not ill. You can get out of it. A paper came out, um, and this will also help you. Um, a huge meta-analysis was done. In by eight of the top universities in the United Kingdom and they brought out a huge big document and the core of that document was we've got to stop telling people that mental health is an illness. We've got to stop telling people that they're mentally ill. We are locking people in. We've got to help people and love them right. We've got to look at the context of the person. What is your history? What has happened to you? And help people through this in what we they used to call milieu therapy, which is looking at the context, immersing them in love and helping them work through their issues. That is exactly what the bible tells us to do okay so these studies are corroborating the stanford all over the world there's a huge split in the world of approaching this whole thing of mental illness and i say that to say that we have the answer in the church so 3 john 2 is telling us to get your mind right so if you don't get your mind right here is an example scientifically in this disorder model of how we can descend into disorder if we don't catch it Okay, so as you, so just have a look at the little bubbles, if you can see them up there. Okay, so the first one is let's say something happens to you now. So let's say that you have some sort of experience. Maybe it is just a bad decision that you make as a result of something, or you have some kind of trauma. Remember, sin is voluntary, no one forces you to sin. Trauma is involuntary. Both look, both land in this zone, the fear zone, both create these toxic patterns inside of the brain. So both will have these toxic patterns thoughts building inside of the brain which are not good for us okay so we need to get rid of it we wire that in we can wire it out so things happen now we get an experience of as you can see up there you can get the experience of feeling uneasy or shock these are simple things simple things now if you don't deal with this it stays in your brain and over a period of up to 21 days, that uneasiness and shock starts converting into from a short-term memory into a long-term memory, and we start having a nagging worry. So uneasiness and shock over a period of time. So as we as we give this thing life, it starts turning into worry. As you give it more life, another 21 days more or less, this is science of research I've been involved in for the last 30 years, it turns from worry into anxiety. These are progressive. So the more life you give it, the more it turns into this more toxic kind of level of, um, you know, it gets deeper in a more, to- more toxic way. Another 21 days and over time it eventually becomes a trauma. When we have trauma... Trauma basically is an extended amount of time that we focus on something toxic. We then have neurochemical and electrical chemical chaos in our brain. Because we are not designed to be in the zone and designed for that, we have, and we're drawn to God, we're entangled with God, and we've used our superposition incorrectly, that was the last service, the last couple of services, we are being drawn back into the side where there is order. God is a God of order. When we're in this zone, there's disorder. So we start trying to get order back. So what we start doing is we start doing manifesting in various different actions. We start manifesting, trying to get control back in various different ways. And that's where we get these weird things happening like um, Eating disorders and repetitive thoughts in our head, and OCD, and and all these different labels that, by the way, are not distinct categories. And all top scientists and doctors, and even the psychiatrists, will agree that they're not distinct categories. The d- DSM-4 that basically labels and identifies. DSM-5 is the latest one. All the DSM manuals they basically give descriptions of these so-called mental illnesses. Those are not scientifically researched, they are not, they all cross over each other, they keep constantly change and they are basically set up by a group of doctors in a room, a bit like an auction. So there's no science behind them. They just, and they keep adding more and more and more and more and in fact, if you had to fill in, if this whole room here, if this auditorium, this church here, if you all had to fill in one of the different, many different profiles, I can guarantee each and every one of us in this room would walk out with at least three or four mental disorders requiring medication that's how dangerous it has become that's what i was saying in the beginning we have people up there that are shaping society and telling us you this and you've got this disorder you that that is the enemy trying to label you and lock you in god came to set us free he did not come to say listen you have this terrible issue you have this lifelong disease there's no hope for you, take this medication and that's it, you are a whatever. That is not what God did. God came to set us free. So we have to fight back against that and recognize and see ourselves in a truthful way. So these labels that you see around the circle, these are manifestations, they're not distinct entities. We can have a whole mixture of them. It's just words that are, that we are currently all familiar with, but it shows that we are doing something, cutting, dieting, starving, um, repetitive thoughts, keep washing our hands, whatever. There's no one distinct pattern that if you have that kind of abuse you will have this kind of manifestation you can't say that because each and every one of us is so completely unique and what will freak you out may not freak me out so we are so different and we can't there is no pattern and that's why they keep adding more and more and more disorders onto this whole thing children as young as two are being medicated with Prozac and things like that which is actually causes such havoc and such damage in the brain it's frightening so we have to stand up as a church and this is why I speak about this elephant in the room I speak about this taboo subject and I get a lot of people attacking because I dare to speak about it but we have to I know the science behind it and I know the scriptures so I know it's a challenge to hear what I'm saying but you need to hear it because you need to get out of the zone you need to stop letting the world label you you need to realize that you can be set free okay so If you never get, once these things just keep growing and growing, they eventually land up in a state of depression. Depression is basically hopelessness. Depression is where you just feel you're so far from God that you just can't function. David talks about it in the Psalms, how he felt just completely removed from God, okay? So depression is kind of the state of helplessness. So it lands up being the last state. So all these labels of bipolar and all these things are just descriptions of hopelessness. Okay, so we need to realize that all of the stuff in this zone, as I said yesterday, is limited limited to a very small part of the human genome. And what that means is very, very quickly, for those of you that didn't hear me teach this last night, the toxic issues in our life, the wrong decisions, the traumas, all this mess over here is limited to only one to five percent of your human genome, which means that the majority of you is untouched. So, God has limited our choices that we can, that are uh, our, uh, damage that we do with our free will to a very small part of our human function. This you should be rejoicing about because it means that you are 95 to 99% untouched. But if you live in this zone, it feels like this is the 100%, because whatever you think about the most will grow. And if you stay there, it's going to cause all these weird manifestations and make you feel weird. So let's now talk about the woman with the issue of blood. This woman with the issue of blood, we all know her story. I'm not going to tell it again. I'm going to focus on a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to make a point. This woman was going through what she was going through, pain, the sickness. The bleeding, the searching after doctors, searching after cures. There's a these signs here of perseverance. There's signs here of desperation. There's signs here of who not giving up. We also designed for relationship. We entangled in each other. We entangled in God, which is the law of quantum physics. Entanglement means is basically the law of relationship. How everything in relationship is connected, and we impact each other. So we're not designed to be alone. Much research shows that people in isolation get sick, mentally and physically sick. We're not designed to be alone. However, because of the laws, the Jewish laws at the time, and there were reasons for those Jewish laws. When a woman was in that time of the month, she was meant to be separated and not to talk to the men and she could talk to women but she was meant to be separated and that was the laws and they had their reasons and it was all due to um, it, it was all due to sort of clean, cleanliness etc etc and so what happened was that she was now not separated just for 5 or 7 days she had been separated for 12 years so let's just have a look maybe at her psyche for a moment, how did she feel here we're not designed for isolation, she is in isolation, she probably had a husband and a family and friends, she doesn't have those relationships anymore, she's been rejected, she's now a pariah, she's now isolated out of society there's something wrong with her she's unclean don't let her come near you it's just because of the law so here's someone who was loved and in a relationship who obviously had money because she went to lots of doctors she had a life she doesn't have a life she could be totally toxic she could be so immersed she could have just given up and died but she didn't she pushed through she was desperate to change now here let's look at another thing about her as this woman was growing up in a Jewish home so she was learning about the laws of God learning about things from the Torah she was learning and having all the stuff implanted in her so this woman had years and years and years of learning about God so she had a lot of great green trees planted in her head about what it means to be a Christian to be a believer I should say to believe in God to be a Jewish believer. She knew about the laws of God. She knew God loved. She knew God healed. She had years and years of planting stuff deep within her. Now the implanted word of God will save your soul. As I always say, it's the implanted word of God that will save your soul, not the implanted word of Google and gossip. Okay, that doesn't save your soul. That confuses your soul. So here's the thing. Look at the first scripture. Because she thought If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. The thought is in italics; it's emphasized, it's in bold for a reason. When you think and choose, as I've been teaching you, you will build thoughts. Whatever you think about the most will grow over a period of time. Whatever you're thinking about will turn from short-term to long-term memory. So, 21 days to build the memory, as I've been sharing, starting to share with you, and another 42 days it stabilizes, and another another 20, another seven. So total, sorry. It's 21, 21, 21. Three cycles of 21 make 63. The first cycle of 21 is to build the thought, break down the toxic thought, build the healthy thought, build the toxic thought. So the building process is a 21-day process. Then it takes another 22 cycles of 21 days to basically stabilize and turn that thinking into a Habit. Habits don't form in 21 days. Thoughts convert from short to long-term memory in 21 days. It's an additional two cycles of 21 days, so another 42, totaling 63, that will turn that way of thinking, that new thought pattern, into a habit inside of your brain. Okay, so she grew up with lots of thoughts. She spent a lot of time understanding that God is a God of love realizing that God is and learning all these things about God a, a scholar of the word so she when she heard that Jesus came to town she was filled with recognition and expectation Now you will not have recognition and expectation if you've just glossed over the word. If you haven't spent time developing and praying without ceasing. If you're going to change, you have to pray without ceasing. That means read the word. That means memorize scripture. That means pray continuously. That means talk to God about everything. That means take time out to come to church and celebrate with your brothers and sisters. That means living in the zone. Okay? And she did that. And that is why. That day, and I'm convinced of this because I know how the science works and I know how it works in our lives when we've spent time building the wisdom of God into our life because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So when she was building that stuff as she grew up as a child and a young woman and a young married woman until her time of her illness, she had so much evidence and substance, the green stuff, about who God was that when she recognized when Jesus came to take she recognized and she just had to pull up a thought she just had to pull that thought up it popped from the non-conscious to her conscious mind and she recognized truth and so the stage for a miracle was set you see we access our miracles we access the goodness of God based on what you are thinking about as Einstein says, I want to know God's thoughts, the rest of our details. And if you're just glossing over the scriptures, if you're just spending a cursory amount of time in the word, you will not be in that same state of thinking that that woman was. So when you do reach out for your miracle, you won't be desperate enough. You won't have enough foundation. There is not enough solidness underneath you for you to reach out and just touch the hem of his garment. You're going to want someone to stop, lay on hands, spend hours counseling you, months, years, and you're going to whine and moan and complain and blame God and everyone else is victim, that shows you that you have not thought about that, but you've been building thoughts in this direction. So when you've planted these thoughts, you will not find your miracle very easily. You will not access your miracle very easily because your capacity to access the miracle, that has already been done as we learnt in the last service. Your miracles are all done. You just have to get them. Okay, You just have to collapse them in your life. You have to collapse the probability into an actuality. But you're not going to get there Your capacity is based on the development of your thinking, God's thoughts. Okay, as it says, God's thoughts are above our thoughts, and we need to know his thoughts. We need to develop our wisdom. So you want to access God's miracles? You need to spend time in the Word. You need to be listening to God differently. You need to be listening to that Word differently. You need to be using your mind in a very specific way. When you do, and you access your miracles, that is when God will turn around and say, your faith has healed You You see, all these probabilities over here are called Schrödinger's wave in quantum physics. Schrödinger is a scientist who said there's all these waves of probabilities that we can choose from, positive and negative. But we have to choose which one of those we're going to access. So which one of the lies we're going to build into something in our head as we learned in the last service, or which one of God's miracles we're going to activate in our life. Let me say that again. You are going to activate a miracle in your life. You are gonna activate a miracle in your life. You are gonna activate a miracle in your life. He's done it all. He's waiting with hands saying, here is your miracle. Where is your faith? Have you built the substance? Have you spent time learning how to recognize and hear your miracle? You see, if you don't have the thoughts implanted, you can't hear your miracle. You can't see your miracle. You're looking like a blind person when it's there. It's right in front of you. You see, if you don't spend, are you getting this? If you don't pray without ceasing, you are not going to activate your miracle that has, you do not have to beg God. God is a very generous God. You don't have to beg him, you just have to step in and activate, very different. And then God will turn around and say, that's the kind of faith, that is the kind of faith that will heal you. Okay, so now let's look at the sower and the seed and let's see how this all works. Okay, let's look at the next slide. I'm going to read from Matthew 13, 18 through 19. Four types of listeners. Remember the seeds? Four four ways that you can sow? Okay. When anyone hears the news of the kingdom of God and doesn't take it in, and it just remains on the surface, and so the evil one comes along, plucks it right out of the person's heart, this is the seed the farmer scatters on the road. Okay, two analogies. Scattering of seed... And it doesn't actually, it's on the road. So obviously, if it's on the road, it's not going to plant deep. And you're not going to have a harvest. Okay, that's one. So the birds come and eat it before you can actually grow seed. Then there's the other of the, the enemy. God sows a seed, or someone speaks in your life, and the enemy blocks it out. How does he do that? He doesn't actually come and pluck it out of your heart. It's you listen to his lies, and you build these things, and these things wipe out that seed. Okay, so. That's the first type of listener. Now, I'm speaking. I'm sowing seed in your life. You can take my... I'm sowing good seed in your life. I'm not sowing bad seed. I'm sowing good seed. So you can just go out of this church and never think about this again, or you can really listen to me and you can really take this and you can really take the next 21 days of your life and you can think about these things, read my materials, do my online, whatever, in whichever way that you want to do multiple ways, there's multiple ways you can access this information. Seven minutes a day, that's all I'm asking you for, To focus on these things and within 21 days I can guarantee that the things that you have been learning here would have turned into something solid and you will start changing. Remember I said in the beginning, most of you here haven't changed much in the last five years, although your intentions have been very good. Okay, so you can either take my stuff and plant it or you can just leave it and let the birds take it away. Well, let's see what happens in your brain, let's first look at a summary. So the first type of listener is the one that where the seed is just scattered and they don't take it in. What happens in brain science? Okay, Here we are hanging out of our head. This is a slice through the brain, so it's half the brain. That's what we look like in the morning when we wake up. And then we put our makeup on, or we brush our hair and have a shower and whatever, and the guys don't put their makeup on. Okay, so information goes into the brain. There's a hundred structures in the brain, and it passes through, and this this is the signal from the outside. And as it passes into the brain, you have mind in action. Now, without you being alive, this doesn't happen, okay, because your mind controls your brain, as I've kept saying all weekend. Okay, so now information does a whole thing, and then it gets into this orange thing over here. Can you see there's like an orange tube going through the middle of the brain it's called the hippocampus and it ends up changing into a structure at the one side called the striatum but don't worry about that think of a garden hose through the middle of your brain see that orange thing okay so now as i'm speaking i've poured information and you have a quantum signal and an electromagnetic signal of my words and what you're seeing flowing through here My stuff, my words, and what you're hearing and seeing will flow through your brain for 24 to 48 hours. You are also right now at 400 billion actions, building a temporary memory in the outer part of your brain over here, made of proteins. You're growing these thought things that I've been telling you about because of genetic expression, but it's in a temporary state, short term. It's not long term. So the proteins that it's made of of are temporary. So if you don't do anything with it, within 24 to 48 hours of hearing this message, this information will simply convert into heat energy and will pass out the way it came in and it is no longer there, it's gone. And that temporary memory that you built here would have denatured, which means that it's disappeared. Okay, the proteins denature. So if you don't stabilize and consolidate information, you'll just say, oh, she spoke something about the mind, and you will be the same in five years' time. Okay, so that's a choice that you make. Now, you want to do that if anyone speaks this over your life. That you don't want to keep. That you want to convert to heat air, hot air. This is what we were talking about at dinner last night. This is what you want to convert to heat energy very fast. So when someone speaks something toxic over your life, or you listen to gossip by mistake or on purpose, or you watch some bad movie, or you start and then you start thinking these bad thoughts, now you can indulge and grow, or you can... Now this is going to sound crazy. You can celebrate the fact that you can destroy these things and you can replace those toxic thoughts because perfect love casts out fear. And as the toxic thought comes in or the gossip or the whatever comes in, you can immediately say, I'm not going to do that. Talk to the Holy Spirit and replace it with a scripture, replace it with an analogy. You were talking about your black your typewriter would get some, some way of uh, find some kind of thing and I teach you this in my materials, my 21 day brain detox, this blue book plus there's an online program and this book, blue book over here I teach you how to do this exactly, S- switch on your brain and wh- what you do is you actually then get that stuff out of your head before it can become permanent. You have 24 to 48 hours to get the junk out of your head. And if something has come up from the non-conscious to the conscious, then you celebrate and say, like, this is, this is going to sound weird. So let's say now you have a fight with your husband or wife, or you do you get jealous or any of this? Or one of those bad habits that you've been living with for too long pops up. So now you think, and you do it, and you think, uh-oh, I just did it again, okay? So the is now telling you, you see you're useless, you're, not, you're just a waste of time, You know why are you even bothering, give up and die, whatever. You can actually say, hey, I celebrate and rejoice in the fact that I now know my sin. Thank you that the dark has come into the light, and I now know what I need to work on. Holy Spirit, let's begin, or whatever. Some kind of thing. So you celebrate and rejoice when you become aware of your sin because you can confess it, yeah. and you can get rid of it instead of keeping it. Thank you, Jesus. So, listener type one is for this zone. Listener type one is not for this zone. Okay, so listener type two. So, let's have a look at listener type two. Let's read the scriptures first. Got it up there? Let's first get, okay, so we're gonna get the scriptures first. Okay, Matthew 13, 23, 21. The seed cast in the gravel, remember the first is on the road. This is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm, but there's no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. Let's look at the summary. This is the seed cast in the gravel versus on the road. So there's a little bit of planting happening. They hear, they respond with enthusiasm, which pushes it down in the ground. They're excited. Now every thought that you build doesn't only have information, it also has emotions. And when it's in your non-conscious mind, the emotions, the, the emotions and the information are all there swirling around in this huge quantum non-conscious mind of you of yours which is linked to the spiritual part of you but when it's in the conscious mind you actually feel the emotions so emotions are emotions in the non-conscious mind and they turn into feelings when you become aware of them. So when that thought pops up, when that thought pops up, that's going to pop up with information and good feelings. That's going to pop up with information and bad feelings. Okay, so there's emotion, these are emotionally laden. God's given us feelings to add all this huge dimension of, of, of experience into our life. So... What happens is that emotions are a good thing when they're in this zone, a bad thing, in that zone because they become toxic. So when you are aware of something, when you learn something new, emotions are a good thing because they kind of are a motivational driving factor. So God's designed emotions to help us to focus motivate us. Because when you feel excited, it's so much easier to start going down that road of whatever it is in this zone versus that road. We get a false sense of that feeling when we're in this zone. We get a kind of a a backfiring. We almost like enjoy the negative emotion. It's and it's, it's like a negative motivation, but this will go wrong, as I keep on telling you. So motivation is a gift, uh, emotions are a gift from God for multiple reasons. But one of the things that we see from brain science is that emotions kind of kickstart the memory, the memory building process. So they play a massive role in building thoughts and memories, in, which are memories into your brain. So wonderful that you respond with enthusiasm. We should all be responding with enthusiasm and getting excited and seeing how this is gonna apply in our life. But if you've only planted in gravel, if you, there's no character, the minute the emotions wear off, and they will, after three to four days, basically the about day three, day four, the emotions subside. The emotions are basically represented physically in the brain as a whole group of chemicals so if you look at the shining light on here you imagine that the shining lights like a little bit of like like rain or chemicals so inside the facts of which are built onto the little branches in the prote- in the protein structures you have these chemicals which represent the emotions of that so you have thoughts with information and emotions represented as protein-like structures with chemicals in your brain. Now they're only supposed to uh, Your God is incredible the way he's designed the biochemistry of the brain. It's very organized, you reuse stuff. So after three to four days, The chemical imprint is there, but the the sort of impetus of it starts reducing a little bit. And as it starts reducing, you don't feel that whoosh that you felt at conference or church on Sunday or when you had that initial conversation with your friend or whatever it may be. And then you start feeling kind of flat. And that's around day three, day four, and that's when most people give up, which is just so sad because you want to push further. So you don't want to do that. So what we found from research is that that enthusiasm also does something else. That enthusiasm with that burst of emotions starts to cause something else to happen in the brain. So let's have a look at a neuron in the brain. And here, this is a neuron. We have about 100 billion of these in the brain. And that's only 20% of brain material, by the way. So your brain's got incredible design. And the tops of the trees, that little Christmas tree-looking thing, those are the branches that you see on the stage. That's why I use tree analogy. Those are called dendrites, and that's what you are growing at the moment, and they're made of proteins. And they have chemicals in them to represent the emotions. So you are growing dendrites, and you can grow plenty of dendrites. You can grow 20,000, 200,000, however many, whatever, uh, you grow a dendrite for every concept you learn. So by the end of this session today, I can guarantee you would have grown at least 1,000 dendrites, just to hold what I'm telling you, because I'm, I'm giving you more or less about close to a thousand different facts. Okay, so somewhere between 800 and a thousand facts. So that's just to give you some kind of an idea. So here we have this this um, thing building, and as you listen to me, the information flows through that middle, that orange tube I told you about, and you build a temporary memory. Well, this is temporary memory. This is what temporary memory looks like. Long-term memory looks the same, but it's very different because the protein changes. So it turns in from a temporary state into a permanent state, but it still kind of looks like a Christmas tree in your brain. So when you respond with enthusiasm and, and emotions, etc., etc., on day three, that burst of, of, of enthusiasm and focus and attention causes a bunch of new neuro- Neurotransmitters to flow in your brain. And then this really amazing thing happens. Now, nothing in your brain works in isolation. So you have all these different things that go on in your brain as you are enthusiastic and building your memory. And one of the things that happens Is you get a group of chemicals, a group of proteins, sorry, that are released, and they have a BOSS chemical, for want of a better way of describing it, because nothing works in isolation, as I said, in the brain. And this BOSS chemical is called the k 2 molecule. But don't worry about that hard word, just look what it looks like. It's called a nanopoodle. Okay, so. So from this heavy science down to what we can understand, what we find on day three and day four, with this burst of enthusiasm, uh, we have Chem 2 nanopoodles being released. Now nanopoodles are fantastic things. These nanopoodles do miracles in the brain. They work with a lot of quantum action. And let me, let's go back to the Christmas tree quickly. Let's look at a close-up of the Christmas tree. Okay, so here we go. The close-up of the dendrites. This is what memories look like. These are the thoughts that God tells us to bring into captivity to Christ Jesus. This is what we're talking about, redesign or trees okay so now those poodles where are they they are inside one of these things okay so in each of these things we have poodles but not just one there's quite a few because if you go inside any one of those branches you'll get microtubules so let's go back to okay there we go see the purple things those are microtubules so microtubules, you have around about 10 million, and we think it's probably more, per set of neurons. So those microtubules go into the little dendrites. So already we have 100 billion of these, and each has around about 10 million of those, so it's pretty small inside there, okay? So the poodles walk inside there, inside those, inside those tubules, they are like little grids, like little train tracks, and that's what the poodles walk on. Okay, are you still okay? Still with me? Right. So. On day three, with your enthusiasm, as listener type two, planting in the gravel allows poodles to start walking on their train tracks in the microtubules in the dendrites. Anyone want to repeat that? Just think of poodles walking on train tracks, okay? And they're small. And there's lots of them. So for every branch concept that you are building, you've got a set of these walkings through your brain, quite a few of them. So here, all these, imagine all these people walking their poodles. Okay, so you walk the poodle. As you walk the poodle, the poodle's little feet, let's have a poodle again. The poodle's poodle's little cute feet, the little fluffy part, as it walks over the train track, there is a quantum action. It's called phosphorylation. It's a whole biochemical and quantum action that happens. This is called quantum biology. And basically, this, um, this information that, that is being carried by this protein is imprinted into the, into the train track. So the train track, until the poodle imprints, the train track is not properly built. Okay? So it's still kind of this very flimsy thing. It's got to still be built into something solid. So as this poodle is walking, so as you do your seven minutes a day, as you re-look at this information, and you can see the implications here for learning and everything. I don't have time to go into all of that now, but I do have a lot of materials on how to apply this concept in learning, etc., as well as detoxing. So as your poodles are walking, walking for a minimum of seven minutes a day, you can go longer, but a minimum of seven minutes a day, your poodles are then imprinting. If you only do a minute a day, it's not long enough. You have to do at least seven minutes a day and as you do it your poodle is pushing and this information and building this train track. And so it's building. And then after around about four days, uh, around about seven days, we start seeing a bump growing on the outside of the dendrite. So there's one, one dendrite. There's a whole lot. We've just taken out one. Okay. There is a bump. See the bump? Okay. So The internal work is producing an external fruit, okay? So we start getting a little bump, and that's evidence for us that there's a change happening. There's a conversion to long-term memory. There's something happening, okay? So now the listener type two got that far. They may get to day seven, but as the worries of life, as the enthusiasm, as the chemicals fade, as the I don't feel the goosebumps anymore fade, they give up. this whole thing just disintegrates the poodles all die and it all becomes hot air you just killed some poodles what a waste poor poodle okay so we need to be do it with this side kill the bad poodles okay don't keep but don't kill the good poodles so now let's look at the next listener okay so this is now Matthew 13 22. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and delusions about getting more and more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. So let's look at what happened, let's look at the summary. See, this is the seed cast in the weeds. So we've had on the road, we've had in the gravel. Okay, so the gravel got the poodles walking but then gave up, and now we've got it cast in the weeds. So there's a longer time factor here, but then worries and desires for more and envy, etc., start choking out, they strangle and die, that is listener type three, okay? So if you got to listener type two here, and you get to listener type three, well, it's it's still better than being listener type 4 over here because you don't want to implant, okay? But over here, listener type 3 is very sad when that happens because what will happen here is you get the poodles walking. So let's have a look at the, ne- at the back at the slides again. So you've got the poodles walking. You've actually got them walking seven minutes a day. They're imprinting um, the information, and as they're imprinting the information, they actually get to around about day 14, and, they, and the little bump turns into a lollipop. And that's wonderful. That means change is happening. So there's some external fruit. So that as the emotions wear off, they're still pushing through, there's still perseverance. They're still, you're still kind of fighting this thing. you still, I'm still gonna forgive. I'm still gonna do this or whatever. And then suddenly the worries come and then the illusions. Then I want this and why have they got more? And why did they get the promotion? And why have I got this financial problem? And why did this happen to me, God? And look at that person and a bit of gossip here and a bit of envy there and a bit of jealousy here and a bit of, I want this chokes that out and that poor little poodle dies and those that work you've done dies and that thing goes away okay this happens in the brain so now we want to change that so let's look at the last type of listener so now we look at the seed cast on good earth. Is the person who hears and takes in the good news and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Okay, so this is the soul is well person. This is the person who has implanted the word of God which will save their soul. This is the person who has implanted God's thoughts which are above my thoughts, which will give me the wisdom to access the capacity and activate my miracle. This is the different type of listener. This is the listener that pushes through. This is the listener that despite the circumstances will rejoice. This is the person that doesn't blame God when things are not going the way you think they should be going at this point in your life. This is the, not the fickle person who just at the drop of a hat blames God for everything. This is the person that pushes through everything knowing that God has got your back. And that takes the kind of thinking that the woman with the issue of blood had. She pushed through no matter how much pain, no matter. So she was ready and heard her miracle when she crept in the crowd that day. So this is the person, what does it look like in the brain? those poodles are walking okay so and we get there's the poodle walking you walk seven minutes a day and another little interesting point you know how trains have got signals that show the trains where to go okay and if you don't all bash into each other and we'll have a problem well you're you have those signals in your brain as well so on top of the little train track there are signals made of listen to this tau protein t-a-u that is the, one of the proteins that is a biomarker for alzheimer's when it's in excess Okay? So tau protein is inside the cell, it's like a, fi- like a filament type protein and it's a signal protein and it actually shows the little poodle where to walk. So you are building your own designer tracks according to that signal and it's your thinking that drives how that signal works. and drives. So your thinking drives the poodle and drives that little signal made of tau protein. What is my point over here? When you're doing it in this zone, your tau protein works like it should. When you're in this zone, your tau protein gets all tangled up and you have, tra- you have a mess on your train track and your train tracks start breaking down. So you get neurodegeneration. We see the tau the, the protein, which is an excellent signal, which creates the uniqueness, because all of us are gonna build our own designer train tracks. So my train tracks are not, my signals don't work the same in my brain, I mean your brain as they do in mine, etc. But when you're in this zone, this poor little poodle is not being fed nicely, it's being beaten up, it's being kicked, it's being abused, it's falling all over the place so it can't, and it can't follow the signal. So now this, the tau protein gets all tangled up and you start getting neurofibrillary tangles, which is one of the hallmarks of dementia. I rest my case. Do you, see what I've, do you, do you hear what I've just said? Dementia, Alzheimer's neurodegeneration, these are not things that God designed for us. He only made good stuff. You've heard me say that a few times. It is our decisions of our mind. We have to take responsibility as a church. I am not here to tell you, shame, don't worry. I'm here to tell you, wake up, stand up, take responsibility for your thought life, because every toxic thought that you indulge, you are causing brain damage in your brain. Don't blame God, blame yourself. And confess your sin and get through it. We're going to do an exercise in a moment to help kickstart this process. Okay, so when you do this properly, let's have a look at the... Okay, there we go. Let's quickly have a look. Thank you, Mac, for putting that up. This is a train track that's healthy, and there is a train track, train track that is disintegrating. This is the, one of the hallmarks that we see in neurodegeneration. So this is what will happen. There's another version of it. This is on the healthy side, and there it's disintegrating. Okay, so every toxic thought that you build... In your mind everything this thing is breaking up like that and it's causing whatever level of neurodegeneration this is the outside of a cell this is the inside of a cell the gray circle over here is showing there's a you can see that ugly looking thing over there is a toxic thought that's all gone weird and it's causing a breakdown i'm not going to talk about all the other things it's causing that breakdown pattern there it's a healthy thought and there's the healthy inside the cell, the little healthy microtubules inside, inside the cell. So what we need to do is we have to keep our poodle safe. <laughs> so just quickly go back for me to the neuron, I want to show you something quickly. Okay, watch over here. If we push through seven minutes a day, seven, up to seven days we get a bump, 14 days we get a lollipop, by day 21 we'll get a mushroom. Okay, so we want mushrooms on our dendrites. And when you have a mushroom on your dendrite, it means that you have both a long-term memory, which has self-sustaining protein, which is something that you can use. So while you're in a detox state, as the Holy Spirit reveals the toxic issue to you, as you work through the 21 days, each day branches are popping off that one and you are rebuilding a healthy replacement thought. So you are focusing on the positive to destroy the negative. So as this goes from nothing to bumps to lollipops to mushrooms, that is going from mushrooms to lollipops to bumps to nothing. Okay, so that's the whole concept of the detox program and you direct that process with the Holy Spirit. Self-help does not work. Self-help with the Holy Spirit works. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is there to help us through this whole process. The self-help industry is a $45 billion industry. It is not a success. The only people that are getting anything out of it are the gurus who keep writing the books. People are desperately searching because why is it not working? Because it's without being connected to the vine. If you are not connected to the vine, you are not going to make this thing work for you. So the principles of science will apply. But science without God does not work properly. It doesn't have longevity. It doesn't have sustainability. Okay, if you could all please stand up for me and if the worship team could come up. I'm going to teach you as I end off this session, I'm going to teach you how to kickstart this process. Okay, so when we thank God, he listens. When we praise God, he's by our side. When we worship God, he acts on our behalf. All right, these are decisions of your mind. For your soul to get well, you have to pray ceaselessly. So, And you have to do this work that I've been telling you. To kickstart a detox program, you need to get into thanksgiving and praise and worship. This little exercise that I'm going to teach you, which will take around five minutes, and which we're going to do, you can do in whatever time frame you want to do. Mac and I do this continuously. I've done it already at least 20 times since I've been on the platform. In my head, I've been doing little Thanksgiving praises and worship to know that God will talk through me and that I will speak his utterance and not my own. You can do it with me in meetings, at the airport. You can live a lifestyle of kickstarting. So as I want to get into superposition correctly and orientate myself towards God and get into a state of ceaseless praying, I do this exercise. So what I'm gonna stretch out now, you can do as quick as you want to. You'll hear me explain it, I'm gonna give a bit of brain science and we're gonna be doing it together as an interactive exercise. Okay, so the first thing I want you to do is make a little cup with your hands. you all see max hands okay now I want you intense if I'm going to ask you one listen to the instruction and then you'll do it I'm going to give you 10 seconds and I'm going to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what should you be working on breaking down and building up for the next 21 days and after you've worked on that you've got to spend another two cycles of 21 days practicing using that because to implant it deep down so that you can actually use it that it makes a change in your life that's not just something there that's stuck in your mind but that you are actually utilizing and making a change and people are seeing the change you have to consciously practice using it for an additional two cycles of 21 days consciously for at least seven minutes a day so there's a bit of work required which means that renewing of your mind is work by the way, it's not just this laying on of hands or this instant quick fix. You are supposed to be working at renewing your mind. And it is a lifestyle. So don't do my 21 day detox and then say to me, I've done it. You, you don't do it once, you do it for the rest of your life. We are always in a detox. If you follow the cycle that I teach, that I've worked out scientifically, that God has given me to teach people around the world, and I've been doing this for years and years, I did this in my practice, you will fix up 17 different things a year. That may not sound like a lot, but as I said in the beginning, most of you are the same now as you were five years ago. A lot of those habits are still there and they shouldn't be there. So we're talking about a Holy Spirit-led, program that shows you what you should work on but it's kick-started by you focusing on God so when you thank God he listens so what we're going to do first is once you've cupped your hands cup your hands again I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what toxic issue let's just put it in your hands what toxic issue you need to work on for the next 21 days to break down and build up the healthy replacement and then work an additional two cycles of 21 days to stabilize and implant that so that it will save your soul you're going to ask the Holy Spirit now so just quietly don't do this out loud close your eyes for 10 seconds ask the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth listen carefully listen deeply because multiple things are coming up in your head at the moment Let, ask the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit which one must I work on 10 seconds starting now Keeping your eyes closed, when we thank God he listens when we whine moan and complain he doesn't listen so what is happening when we thank God in our brain the circuits of our brain start firing up from the middle of our brain and this wave of expectation builds so our brain goes into an incredibly healthy state when we are thankful in a state of preparedness for building memory so what we're going to do now silently in our head we're going to thank God because and we what we're going to do is we're going to say five sentences beginning with Lord I thank you all done silently just between you and God Lord I thank you for dot 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 you are going to fill in the dots because it's very specific between you and God it's between you and God not between you me and God it's between you and God so all of us will have our own unique five sentences that we say and those five sentences are going to be not thanking God for the issue but thanking God for the fact that he knows the solution that he's that he forgives us that he died on the cross whatever it is but here's the key be specific the more specific you are the more the quicker your healing will come research shows that the more specific we are the more our healing will come so five five sentences beginning with Lord I thank you doing that now let's say Lord I thank you I want you to get onto your knees. Find a space, open your eyes and just get onto your knees. I want you to take that thought, hold it out in front of you. And I want you to imagine that you've entered into the throne room of grace because we have direct access to the throne room of grace under the new covenant. And the reason we're kneeling is because I don't even even think we'll be able to stand, let alone kneel in the presence of God. I want you to imagine that you're kneeling at His feet at the altar, this incredible, incredible God of ours. That the love of God is just oozing all over you, pouring all over you. And as you feel His love and as you kneel at His feet, I want you to reach out and I want you to place that toxic issue down at His feet. Put it down. And now take your hands back and rest your hands on your thighs. Lean back. Do not pick that toxic issue back up again. Leave it there. Leave it there. And now I want you to thank God again. I want you to quickly in your mind thank God again. Those same five sentences, maybe you're going to add more detail on. You see, as you... As the Holy Spirit revealed that to you, you acknowledged your sin, you confessed it, you received forgiveness because He forgives us immediately. But now you're entering into a state, as I've been teaching you, of getting rid of that stuff. So we've got to start this by really physically casting that at the throne of grace, casting that care upon Him, and then getting away from it. Don't take it back, leave it there. Leave it there. And leave it there as you and God together destroy that toxic issue in your life. So put your hands on your thighs, Do not take it back quickly again. Those five sentences, not praise, not worship. Say, Lord, I thank you. We'll do the praise and worship in a moment. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for showing me this. I thank you you have the way through. I thank you, whatever, detail, specific, as specific as you can. Get even more specific than the first five sentences you did. I want you to stand up and I want you to reach across this room holding hands on the left and the right side of you everyone holding hands across this auditorium please hold hands on the left and the right side if you have to lean and reach reach around, if you're standing at the end of a row, just reach back and hold the person's hand behind you, but you must have a hand in your left, you must hold it with your left and your right hand, once you have, close your eyes close your eyes when we thank God he listens and the brain the structures of the brain fire up in expectation and in preparation for building the new memory and for breaking down and cleaning up toxicity but when we step deeper into praise something else happens in your brain a flood of chemicals a flood of change and actual genetic expression starts happening so you start actually building healing into your brain new brain cells are being formed neuroplasticity which means that your brain is changing is happening rapidly so as you hold hands with the person next to you on both sides I want you to squeeze as tight as you can And as you are squeezing, I want you to imagine that Jesus is in front of you, and He is holding both your hands. So it's not the person next to you that's two different people holding your hand. It's Jesus, and that squeezing is Him holding your hands, facing you, squeezing your hands and saying, Your faith has healed you. I love you. I am here for you. Whatever it is that He is saying to you. Because the Bible says that when we praise God, he inhabits the praises of his people. So that hand that you're squeezing is Jesus. And he's telling you that as you work through this issue, that you cast at the throne of grace, that you said the five thank you sentences about, that you are now going to say five praise sentences about, that he is there with you. So praise is deeper than thanksgiving. When you thank God, he listens. But when you praise him, you will feel his physical presence. So now say five sentences beginning with, Lord, I praise you and be specific and don't change topics don't pick that thing back up again you cast it at the throne of grace stay on the same topic the same issue that you cast at the throne of grace but now you are praising him and it's deeper than the thanksgiving it's getting more detailed it's getting more specific do that now 10 seconds you thanked him he listened when you praised him you felt his physical presence your brain is firing up it is it is forming new cells neuroplasticity is occurring at a speed you are releasing chemicals like bdnf which is required for change to take place your brains now are in an ideal state for rebuilding they're in a perfect state totally fertilized for rebuilding so now we are able to pray with without ceasing we are now able to step into the perfectly you we are now able to hear the Holy Spirit as He lays down truth in the intuition of our spirit man. He has prompted us through our conscience. He is drawing us into communion which is the highest part of the spirit of man. The spirit of man is made of the intuition where the Holy Spirit lays down truth. The conscience where He has prompted us into right and wrong and communion which is worship. As we step into communion, our brain fires up. As we step into worship, our brain fires up in response because it was designed to worship Him. It is the physical part of us that is designed to respond to God. And as you worship Him, every cell in your body will respond in worship. And every part of you and every right down to the molecules and the subatomic particles and everything. And you will get in a rhythm with the Spirit. As you worship Him, as you step into worship, you will be like that, that when you've pushed a child on a swing and you gave it a little push and it started swinging and you gave it another little push and it swung even more. You will get into a resonance with the Spirit as you as you move as the waves the reason that a swing does that is because the waves build so a little bit of effort will create a huge fruit when you step into worship you get into resonance with the spirit and you become like a radio and a radio takes an electromagnetic wave and it converts it into a sound wave so when you are connecting with a God through the Thanksgiving praise and as you step into worship you are allowing the Spirit of God to use you as a radio and the Holy Spirit is moving through your spirit through your physical being and whatever you say will now be a word in season it will be the wisdom of god speaking out of you when you resonate with the spirit of god which we do through thanksgiving praise and worship you will activate your superposition and you will activate correctly you will you will sorry you will in superposition be able to collapse the correct probability and activate the miracle that god has for you